Hey, everyone, and welcome to Raised on the Diz. I'm your host, Nick. And this is Leanne. Hi, everyone. Hey, everybody. We've been away for a while. Um, we have not recorded for a few months um, since our trip to Disney in January. And no excuses. It just got uh, busy around our house, and uh, we, we took a little bit of a break. But uh, we're going to be talking to you here every week um, again, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, we took a little hiatus um, there during the winter, but we have actually been to Disney a few times. We kind of picked up some new kind of tips and and tricks for you. Um, So that's what we'll be talking about. Yeah. And um, so we're focusing today here on the show about the new ride, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which opened over the Memorial Day holiday in Epcot. And we uh, had a chance to ride it with our family on our trip to Disney in June, and uh, we all enjoyed it. Um, uh-huh. So you want to talk a little <laughs> bit more about it, Zolian? I was going to say, are we going to talk about the ride itself? Because, you know, I know that there has been a lot of excitement and kind of hype around this ride. It is the first of its kind at Disney, which is really exciting. And I think that a lot of the excitement stems from that fact that this is very, it's a very unique type of a ride. But then also, it's a new ride in like this portion of Epcot. You know, I feel like Epcot, and I know we've talked about this before, you know, it's really undergoing a lot of renov- renovations and like the newer rides you know, in recent years have been in like the world showcase area, like with the Ratatouille ride. And then of course, Frozen, which is a little bit older. Um, But that's kind of where all the excitement was stemming. This one, however, is over on the other side um, of Epcot toward the main gate. And so it is really kind of making that area rather lively, I think, um, to kind of it's it's neat to see this this kind of excitement around this part of the park. If you've been to Epcot over the past couple of years, um, Future World, which is the front part of Epcot, if you're entering from the front gate, has really been just a, a maze of construction walls. So that is going to look uh, significantly differently coming up on the 40th anniversary around mm-hmm. that time. That whole Future World area is really getting a makeover. There's a Moana a water attraction, which is not, you know, not, not like Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach. It's just kind of a walkthrough water attraction that a lot of people are looking forward to. There's also a play pavilion that they're working on right now that is going to be pretty cool. Um, But the first two pieces of this really were Space 220, which is Mm -hmm. a restaurant by Mission Space and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Um, So there's two things I want to do on today's program. One, I want to kind of give a a review, a spoiler-free review of the ride. And then the other thing I want to do is we had a a program a a little while ago uh, about how to beat the virtual queue Mm -hmm. for uh, Rise of the Resistance, the Star Wars ride at Hollywood Studios. So I want to give folks uh, some tips on how you can kind of beat the virtual queue for this ride. But I think probably the best thing to do is start off with our review of the ride. What do you think? Um, It's it's very good. (laughs) Um, I know that I've talked before um, about how I'm not a huge roller coaster person. I mean, not that I don't ride them, but I'm not I'm not a huge thrill seeker. This one is definitely more thrilling than like anything at Magic Kingdom. So if you're trying to think of something you know, or if you're wondering, like, what would this ride compare to? It's definitely more intense than like 
even a Space Mountain, certainly more intense than Big Thunder Mountain. Um, and what makes this ride so unique is the fact that it is an Omni coaster. So you're not sitting in a traditional type of a kind of a, a seat like you would on a regular coaster where you're facing forward. This one almost kind of put me in the mindset of being like in a you know, like in a little car, like almost like at the Haunted Mansion, kind of like a little buggy that's going to move left and right um, in addition to forward and backward. So it's that kind of adds a whole new whole new element of intensiveness to to it. So on our last trip, um, the kids and I had the chance to ride this attraction three times. Um, so I got a good a good good sense of, of what this ride is all about. Zolian rode once. Um, we rode it right after we arrived um, at Disney World the night of our flight. Yeah. And um, we had eaten shortly before. Um, and so I think that contributed to the fact that you got a little motion sick. You didn't get actually sick. No. I think you felt some vertigo. Yeah, it, that was mainly what I was feeling. And, and I never, you know, and I, I read things about the, the coaster, you know, other people talking about it online and saying that, you know, if you, you know, it may cause you to feel motion sickness. So if you are kind of prone to that, just beware. That really doesn't bother me, or at least that hasn't bothered me in the past. So I really wasn't too concerned about that. But I think, you know, kind of the combination of the coaster, which is very smooth, and it's, you know, the technology is fantastic, but I think that kind of adding in <laughs> the spinning car in addition to the going forward on the coaster just kind of made me, yeah, it made me a little, made me a little sick uh, for a little bit. But, but the, the other four of you, including our four-year-old, uh, he loved it. So I'd like to give everybody kind of a sense, a spoiler-free sense of what this ride is all about. I'd say off the top that, again, we did ride it three times, um, the kids and I. So it was myself, our 11-year-old son, our 9-year-old daughter, and our 4-year-old son. They all loved it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, this uses a virtual queue. We'll get to the tips on how to make sure you get to ride this. And there are more ways to ride this than Rise of the Resistance. So it, it is important to kind of point out how that works. We'll get to that in just a little bit. So you do enter in two different different ways. One, you can get in through the virtual queue or at seven o'clock in the morning. If you're staying on site at Disney, you will have the opportunity to buy a lightning lane pass for this ride. So you will have that opportunity to pay per person. And I believe when we were there, it was between 16 to $18 per person. So it's one of the pricier Lightning Lane attractions in Disney World. So that is an option if you want to make sure that you secure your ride. But that, again, is going to fill up very quickly. So that is the Lightning Lane option. And in order to purchase a Lightning Lane pass in the morning, so if you decide that, hey, I want to ride this, I don't want to mess with the virtual queue. I'm just going to go ahead and pay the price per person. You still have to have that Epcot park pass. So don't think that like, oh, I'm going to Magic Kingdom today, but I'm just going to go ahead and pay, you know, and I'll hop over or whatever. No, you have to you have to be going to Epcot that day in order to get that lightning lane pass. So just heads up about that. Yeah, that's a really good point. So that is one way to make sure that you can ride this. But again, the lightning lane fills up very quickly. We'll get to the virtual queue in just a moment. But once you do enter the attraction, there's a really engaging queue. Yeah. There are pictures online of uh, the roof of this attraction that has a really engaging digital display of the universe and mm-hmm. messages from um, people from Xandar, which is the planet that uh, is visiting Epcot. Uh, And it is really engaging how they integrate the um, kind of cosmic... 
cosmic experience, the the, the visiting of, of the Xandarians uh, to Epcot. It's really presented as kind of an old school Epcot pavilion, which is which is really cool. And there's a lot of engaging things in the queue. Once you do enter, it's very similar, and this isn't giving away anything, but it's very similar to the Rise of the Resistance mm-hmm. ride in that there are two holding rooms that are actually part of the ride and add to the experience. Um, really won't get into any of the storyline other than to say it's really well done and right. very engaging and get you involved in the action right away. And it doesn't like, cause I know rise of the resistance resistance is a really lengthy ride. Um, this one isn't quite as long, like from start to finish. Um, it, you're not going to be there for like 20 minutes or anything um, like rise of the resistance. But you know, like Nick said, it does like those little chambers that you go into, it does set everything up really well. So, you know, in typical Disney fashion, there is a backstory to what you're going to be riding and they, they do a really nice job with that. So Zolinga mentioned that these are Omni coasters. So you're lo- loaded onto the Omni coasters and you're headed forward into the first scene of the ride. And then something happens there that causes you to launch backwards. And so uh, I think you gave a little bit of a review of what you thought this ride experience was like, but I'll give mine as well. Mm-hmm. I would agree that it is somewhere between a Space Mountain and an Expedition Everest. It has elements of both. The thing that I took away the most from riding this was that this is like a modern day Space Mountain. The ride is is as smooth as yeah. Seven Dwarfs um, yeah. Mine Train. Um, and it really feels like you're flying through space, how smooth it is. It feels like you're you're flying. Um, and I really don't notice the the ride vehicle moving from side to side. Um, there are a lot of G-forces. There's some spinning at mm-hmm. different parts of the ride. There are no animatronics, um, which is something that a lot of people were surprised about. But the screens inside this ride are so large and so engaging that I don't think you miss it. Um, and then... Obviously, I mean, I'm a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan, been a fan since the movies came out a couple years ago. Um, And one of the great things about the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are the music, the 70s and 80s music. And we played one of them, Earth, Wind and Fire, here at the beginning, which was the music that was playing the first time we rode this. And we'll play Iran by Flock of Seagulls at the end, which is another one. And those were two of the best experiences. But you have um, a few songs that uh, that play. I won't give any of those away, but there's some people that like, um, you know, one, some people that like another. There's one song that's very unpopular that a lot of people don't like that Ooh, plays I don't on know this what ride. That one is. I'll have to talk about that it's, later. <laughs> it's Conga by Gloria Stefan. Oh, nobody, nobody likes yeah. that. And we did not get that one on the ride. And I was waiting to see whether we would get it or not, but we didn't, uh, we didn't hear that one, but a lot of people don't like it. Um, but it's a, it's a great ride. Um, yeah, and, and it doesn't, like I said, there's no animatronics, um, but it doesn't take away from the ride at all. It is, it's really thrilling. The vehicles are probably the most comfortable ride vehicles I've ever ridden in at a Walt Disney World attraction. Yeah, they, yeah, they really are. And it's a pretty long coaster. I mean, if you're thinking about, especially the coasters at like Magic Kingdom, I know like, you know, Seven Dwarves Mine Train, as adorable as it is, it's so disappointing when it's over because, you know, you wait, you typically wait very long to get on that ride and it goes so quickly where this one I, I feel and I didn't time it or anything. And I'm sure the information's out there online, how long it is. But it seemed like it was it was really long. It may have felt that way because I felt sick on it. But, you know, I it's, you definitely, you know, got to get get a lot out of the experience, I think. 
And it's, uh, yeah, so it's long enough that it basically plays through almost the entirety of these songs that right. we're talking so about. Like two or three minutes. It, I um, I've, I've heard so many good things about it. I think it's honestly one of the best attractions at Walt Disney World right now. It's definitely a reason to go to Epcot on your next trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the big question is then, we've, we love this ride. We have so many good things to say about it, but uh, how do you get on it? Because again, Disney is using this virtual queue and I'm going to let the folks in on a little secret. We rode Rise of the Resistance a ton when there was a virtual queue. It was so easy for us to get on because we were right there with our world clock and refreshing right at seven o'clock. And we got in, I think every time, but once Mm -hmm. we got in. I have not ridden that attraction since they got rid of the virtual no. queue because the lines are now between an hour to an hour and a half long, sometimes longer than that, and it's just much harder to get in. So my advice to folks is you know, pay attention to these tips. Um, they are tried and true. We use these on our vacation, and um, you will easily be able to ride this ride because of the improvements that Disney has made to their virtual queue system, which are some big ones and some really helpful ones. You will easily be able to ride this ride and several times. If you are in Epcot a couple times on your vacation, you'll be able to ride Cosmic Rewind. Yeah, I mean, I myself never actually went through the process of reserving. (laughs) I may not be as successful as you are since you are, um, you're pretty seasoned at it, but but yeah, uh, the tips are definitely helpful. So what I'm doing right now is I'm actually pulling open my Disney experience and on the main page that you get to when you click on the three lines on the right, there is a button called virtual queues and then it will allow you to join a virtual queue and you can actually, if it's before 7 a.m. in the morning, you can click on the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind virtual queue. And this is an improvement over what they had whenever they had the Rise of the Resistance virtual queue, that you had to load your party as part of the process of securing your spot. That takes valuable time. So what Disney has done now, which is really great, is they allow you to pre-select your party. So if Zolianne wants to go, I add her and the three kids and myself, and we're preloaded before seven o'clock. If she doesn't want to go, I just leave the check mark off of her avatar on the Disney, my, my, my Disney experience app. So it's that simple. And then at seven o'clock, you're ready to go. The same advice that applied to Rise of the Resistance applies here. Have somebody else in your party have the world clock from Apple or Samsung or whatever phone you use up and at um, five seconds till seven, get ready to push that refresh button or pull down on the screen. And the, it works best pulling down on the screen because then don't let it go until it hits seven. And then you will be able to hit that button. And like I said, there's a lot a lot less barriers to go through with this Cosmic Rewind virtual queue as there was Rise of the Resistance because there were a couple screens that you still had to go through for Rise of the Resistance once that button popped up. But with uh, preloading your party, you're in. And then what it will tell you is what group you're in and what time they think you need to get back. Do you want to talk about the day we did the virtual (laughs) queue? And um, I did it and I said, Oh, well, we don't have to be back until 11. You want to talk about what time we actually were in the park to ride the ride? Wasn't it like 930? I feel like it was really, really early. Like you, yeah, it was in the morning and and I think it was Saturday, wasn't it? Like it was the day after we got in and we thought like, oh, we'll have like sort of an easy, slow day. 
um, you know, if we get into the park a little later, it's not a big deal. You went ahead and, you know, got into the, got it, got the, got passes for the ride, um, by using the, the queue. And yeah, we had to get ready really, really quickly because you were like, do you get an alert? Is that how that works? Like they let you know that like your time is coming up or what? So your estimate pops up and my estimate at that time, I had reserved it at seven. So Uh the estimate was something like two and a half to three hours before we were going to ride the ride. And so you said, you know, we get the kids some breakfast, just take it easy. And I noticed that our return time kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So the reality is with this ride, Disney could move people through a lot quicker than Mm -hmm. they could with Rise of the Resistance. And those times are not something you can bank on at all, especially in the morning. They're moving people through very quickly. So if you get a time and I would recommend, I mean, I don't know that I can put a hard and fast rule on this, but if it's anything under a couple hours, I would start getting your party ready and getting to the the park because once your group is called, you have an hour to get over to Cosmic Rewind to ride the ride. I don't know what happens if you miss that window. Yeah. We haven't been in that situation. We made it with uh, with plenty of time um, on that day that we were able to get the virtual queue. Um, but uh, that is that's that's the the situation is that they are moving groups through a lot faster. So that covers seven a.m. Mm-hmm. Now with seven a.m., that availability is going as quickly at least as quickly, maybe quicker than Rise of the Resistance. It is, it is, you got to be quick. We were actually in group 16, which was amazing. I didn't think we'd be up that quick. But, um, you know, within minutes, if that, these groups are gone. So the good thing is, because they're moving through people so quickly, if you already have Epcot reserved, and if you're trying to get a 7 a.m. spot at Cosmic Rewind, you have Epcot reserved, so you're good there. So you're going to be at Epcot anyway. So they have a one o'clock availability. Now, the rule on this is you have to be in the park, but it works exactly the same way. You know, get your world clock set up. You're in the park already. Have somebody have that for you and refresh it exactly at one o'clock. The great thing about this one o'clock availability is we've seen a lot of things on the internet that this is remaining open for an hour, sometimes an hour oh, wow. and a half. The uh, awesome. the kids and I did this uh, on one of our last days at Disney World on our last trip. We were there at one o'clock. We were actually eating um, lunch at the new Connections Cafe, which is really good right next to mm-hmm. Cosmic Rewind, a very great new quick service. And um, so we had... It was like a 300-minute wait. Um, So we could just go and do whatever we wanted to around the park for the rest of the day. So it was at 1 o'clock. We were back in line at 5. So it was four hours after. Now, on that one, we experienced something that we didn't experience when we were in Group 16. We had a bit of a wait um, when we went back to Cosmic Rewind. So it was about a 40 to a 45 minute wait. So if you get into that later availability, you still might have a little bit of a wait for the attraction, but this queue is so engaging. And they're so, for, for fans of the movie, for fans of Marvel, there are so many Easter eggs and so many engaging things that are, are funny and interesting. Um, even Peter Quill talks about some old Epcot attractions that haven't existed for a long time, but he's a child of the 80s. So that's what he remembers. Um, but it was, uh, again, a little bit of a wait, but the ride is is worth it. 
And then there is one more availability, and this is a little bit restricted. It's just for people that are staying at deluxe hotels on Disney property when they have extra hours at Epcot, the enhanced hours, and it's usually two hours after the park closes. Deluxe guests are allowed to stay in the park. You don't have to be at Epcot to take advantage of this, but at 6 o'clock, they open up more availability that you can sign on to ride the ride during those extra hours. So that's some more availability for people that are staying at Deluxe Resorts. And it's the same virtual queue, same Mm -hmm. rules apply. Um, That one we weren't able to take advantage of, but, um, you know, I can't speak to how easy that one is, but it is available for people who are staying at Deluxe Hotels on Disney property. Yeah. And I would think that maybe, you know, it would, I don't know, maybe it would be easier considering there wouldn't be as many people. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, definitely try that one if, if you happen to fall into that category. Yeah. The extra hours, we took advantage of that at Epcot and Magic Kingdom. The extra hours for deluxe guests are definitely better at parks that have more attractions to spread around the crowds. Right. Um, I think you can still wait for 45 minutes to an hour for something like a test track or a Frozen at Epcot during the extra hours. At Magic Kingdom, the crowds are dispersed a little bit more and they're gravitating more towards the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train or the Space Mountain even not so much Space Mountain, which tends to go down. It's a little bit more restricted with the the uh, high height requirement. But uh, definitely with Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, people flock there. And the uh, the other attractions don't have so many lines. But that's maybe something we can talk about on a different program. Um, sure. But uh, we're so excited to be back. <laughs> and uh, I know it's been a long time. We've had people on our Facebook page asking about us. We're also working on launching... Um, kind of a new version of our website, raisedonthediz.com. So definitely check that out in the days to come. I know we want to, we talked a little bit um, prior to our little hiatus, we we talked a little bit about the uh, the family trip that we took at the end of January with your family. We haven't had a chance to talk about that. About that. And, you know, maybe we, we may have some tips that we want to share about traveling with a large party um, of all ages. So that will be something else that we'll talk about soon. Yeah, we don't want to take any more breaks. We want to we want to be here weekly and giving giving some advice. I mean, we're not experts. Um, we just, you know, go to Disney and try to learn as much as we can. And this ride, especially, we know that a lot of people haven't had a chance to make it down there and ride it. And uh, we know how popular our Rise of the Resistance episode was way back when. And so we wanted to uh, to pass a, pass along some words of, of wisdom about this new ride. So that'll do it for this episode of Raised on the Diz. Have a magical day. And have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Tomorrow.